electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Zach Valisi. Today on the podcast. A major outage at the FAA. Thousands of flights are grounded. CNBC's Phil LeBeau. The question becomes now, how long does it take for this to be rebooted? And how long do we see the ripple effects of this? Massive layoffs hitting Wall Street and Silicon Valley. Labor consultant Jason Greer on the cuts still coming. What we unfortunately see for white-collar employees is that for the first time in a long time, they find that they're actually targets of a layoff, and it looks like it's not going to stop. Those stories, plus FTX heads to bankruptcy court, C-SPAN's angling for spicier camera shots in Congress, and an update in the world of wrestling? Changes are afoot for the WWE, but some of us just can't escape our fate. Supposedly a fabulous movie coming out. About wrestling? With Zach, um, looks so ripped, it's crazy. Oh yeah, Efron. How come I try? Nothing happens. <laughs> It's Wednesday, January 11th, 2023. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand back to by in three, two, one. Cue please. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Squawk Box here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick, along with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin. The FAA now reportedly experiencing a computer outage that is currently grounding flights nationwide. We're looking into this story. and We're going to bring you a lot more. Uh, information as we get it. But um, if you're looking on your app or you're headed to the airport right now, look again. Yeah. But, you know. Nationwide. Nationwide. Take your time. (laughs) You know, get it right. Make sure it's all perfect by the time uh, you say all clear. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. You know, they get a lot of criticism and, and airlines get a lot of criticism, but it just... Go back 50, 60, 80 years, or 100 years. Tell people you're going to be flying around in these little cylinders at 35,000 feet with 50,000 Or you'll be in California. You'll be in California in a few hours. You'll be in Paris. Go across the ocean. Take off uh, 50,000 takeoffs and landings. And I never want to jinx it. How long? You know, it's safe. It's it's awfully safe. Phil LeBeau joins us with the latest. Phil? Becky, we have most flights, almost all flights nationwide that have been halted by the airlines while the FAA updates its computer system, what's known as the notice to air message, which has all the critical information that all pilots, airlines, everybody needs when a flight is getting ready to take off. And then when it does take off, if that system's not working, the airlines are rarely will you see the airline take off without that information, without that system working. We have an updated statement from the FAA saying that it is still working to fully restore notice to air mission system following an outage. While some functions are beginning to come back online, National Air Air Space System operations remain limited. So that's encouraging compared to what we heard from the FAA just about 45 minutes ago. We are hearing from some of the airlines as well. United Airlines putting out a statement saying the FAA system 
that sends out important real-time flight hazards and restrictions to all commercial airline pilots. Notice, notice to Air Missions, NODAM, that's the acronym that people use, is currently suffering a nationwide outage. United has temporarily delayed all domestic flights and will issue an update when we learn more from the FAA. What happens with those flights that are in route, that are in the air right now? Those flights continue. Uh, it's not like the pilots in those flights don't have information real time so they understand where their plane is, where it's headed, etc. Communication still exists between aircraft and air traffic control centers, aircraft and the individual airlines uh, air traffic control. So those will continue, guys. Uh, the question becomes now, how long does it take for this to be rebooted and how long does we do we see the ripple effects of this? When this happened, I want to say three or four years ago, we got some indication that, you know, it was half a day. There was some type of a delay built into the system. Um, so that's what we're waiting to find out, guys, how long it takes for them to reboot this computer system. Uh, Phil, I was just reading the FAA on their website is talking about how they've been modernizing the system to try and improve the delivery of safety ah. critical information. Yeah. I mean, maybe they've been modernizing since the last time it went out three or four years ago. They, well, they have been modernizing, uh, Becky. That is true. But you talk to anybody within commercial aviation, anybody in the airline industry, anybody who has or did work for the FAA, it's long been a joke that the systems that the FAA uses um, have not been as robust as they would like. Does it mean that the system is terrible? No. It is one of the safe. It is the safest in the world. Could it be better? Yes, they would like to. And that's part of the modernization process. This is one of those things that gets caught up often in the funding that happens in Washington, D.C. Uh, it gets kicked around a lot. Um, and the FAA has been I mean, they've been pounding the table for years that they need to continue to upgrade their system. Now, they're doing that. That's not to say that the system is not functioning, that it's not a system that is safe and reliable. What the FAA and what people in the airline industry will tell you is it can be even more robust. And that's part of the process of modernizing the system, if you will. Phil, thank you. Next time we talk to you, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what this means if you have all flight, uh, all takeoffs across the country down for an hour or longer, what that's going to mean in terms of delays. Uh, but Phil, both. It's thank ripple you. effect, Becky, at least at least several hours. You're going to see delays for several hours. Hmm. Oh, boy. Seems like your connecting flight would be delayed, too. Let's talk about FTX uh, because it's back in bankruptcy court today. Investors and clients expecting rulings now on issues, including whether the firm's customer list will be made public and when or how the firm will be able to sell subsidiaries uh, to try to raise some cash. Ahead of today's court hearing, a new court document filed this week features names and share counts of key FTX stakeholders, including uh, Peter Thiel, Kevin O'Leary, Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen, uh, Robert Kraft and Paul Tudor Jones. Well, I wanted to talk, I guess we'll reference it with this uh, Mike Wilson news from Morgan Stanley. Telling investors to brace for a winter downdraft, warning that the S&P 500 is vulnerable to a drop of upwards of 23%. Here's what he said on Fast Money late yesterday. Our call is predicated mostly on earnings and the fact that the Fed probably isn't going to be as reactive to a slowdown as they have been historically. They've already proven that, right? Normally when you see the data that we've seen the Fed would have already been cutting rates, but of course they can't do that with inflation where it is. 
I'm still on the, as the first week goes, the first month goes, as the first month goes, I'm, I'm much, much, I'm the, you see the Europe, European uh, bourse story, Europe, yeah. Europe's doing pretty well. Uh, China's reopening, energy prices didn't uh, stifle it. The, the recession that was supposed to be very, like a sure thing in Europe and deep, that may not uh, happen. Yeah, I know. Television network C-SPAN has requested that its cameras be allowed regular access to the House chamber this Congress, citing the positive response to its coverage of the election of the House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. C-SPAN's expanded access to the chamber was limited to the Speaker vote. The network CEO has asked that McCarthy allow it to continue its use of its own staff and cameras to film floor proceedings, rather than rely on tightly restricted shots that were provided in general by government employees. A spokesman for Speaker McCarthy was noncommittal on this, saying we are exploring a number of options to open up the People's House to ensure a more transparent and accessible Congress for the American people. C-SPAN typically shows members giving speeches on the floor and wide shots of the room, but it doesn't show action in the chamber beyond that. That's because this is all required by the rules. The reason this happened this time around is they can't, they can't uh, change who's in control of it until they pass a rules package. That didn't happen for a week this time, which is why we got to see all the fallout on the floor of all of these interesting things happening. The expanded coverage of the speaker votes included close-up shots of key members shouting their votes, also lawmakers chatting during long sessions, and some heated exchanges, too. Had lots of us watching C-SPAN, and C-SPAN apparently likes that. It is a good point, though. Transparency of the people's house for the American okay, people. So I, I've been thinking about this. I love it. Well, so I love it as a TV watcher. Yeah. Um, and I love it from a transparency perspective as a journalist. Mm -hmm. I wonder whether it's just though a it whether it's going to take this. It, maybe it's an edifice of what we think is going on in Congress, or what we think of. These people that uh, we, we uh, put, I don't want to say put on pedestals or whatever, but whether this turns all this just into another version of what you <laughs> yeah. see in Parliament or Twitter, right? I mean, it just, it, it, it does sort of take the veneer off a lot of a, put, a lot put of. Put on it. a pedestal. That's why they have that eight percent approval. I don't know if. I don't know if it's good. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, I think but people always say about Babe Ruth that everyone would, you know. That if, if there were cameras around Babe Ruth right. back then, Mickey Mantle, well, Mickey Mantle, we wouldn't okay. love him the same way we do today. I don't. I but go Andrew, back and forth on here's this. Here's the thing: we're going. You know, there's no stopping it. Number one, wouldn't you rather watch it without someone on this network? Oh, yes. Versus, I was watching. I was like, oh my god, this is a pleasure. I've all, I actually started doing that with some sporting events right. because I just can't. I can't take the nonstop. But also, you know, but I also shut up. Is who is controlling these cameras? Because it's the the House government. So that's how the they're. That's how they're. But then that's where how do they get these cameras? Yeah. Camera yeah. men, well, men and women at from. The start of every Congress, right. C-SPAN takes control that's until a great the idea. House rules passes, and right. they always pass no, that. We're I, taking that away. But so who? But who are those? Did they hire freelance camera people? And by the way, where's that budget Andrew, come from? That would be a great experiment. MSNB, or not MSN, CNN has one camera and you watch their feed and then Fox News versus the other. I'll bet you they'd be 180 degrees. The biggest you problem could do is it that way instead of talking. people acting for the cameras. I almost said MSNBC. I didn't mean that. Issue. I meant CNN. Stephanie McMahon has now resigned as the chair and co-CEO of World Wrestling Entertainment after her father, Vince McMahon, was unanimously re-elected as the company's executive chairman. She had returned from a leave of absence in July to take over as co-CEO after her father retired amid allegations of sexual misconduct. 
WWE's board ultimately found that payments to women who accused Vince McMahon of sexual misconduct should have been booked as WWE expenses because they benefited the company. Vince McMahon said he was returning to facilitate a potential sale of the company. Yeah, saw that in the rundown. Wrestling update. Something you don't see every day in our well, now we have like a fa- <laughs> No, but this is like a family wrestling update now. I yes. mean, the true family wrestle, right? And, and the fact that the daughter's out and he's in, and what does it really mean? Well, and just, do they talk to each other? Do they not to, What happens at Thanksgiving? Listen, the story was, well, of course, the, the harassment uh, payoff should have been booked as expense. I mean, what kind of accountant do you have here? I mean, it just was. That, the, that was jarring. That's the most it's jarring. It's strange. Yeah. Awesome. It benefited the company. And, and as a Come result, on. you saw the stock. It was up write that off. this morning. I'm just saying the family dynamics. How does the that fam- work? I'm just thinking that. Do your kids think, still think it's real? I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it for anyone. It's, like it's, Santa Claus. It's early. Okay. Don't, let don't, me not. I'm not going to say don't, it. Don't. I'm not, don't. Don't. Go I'm not going to say. Please. They are talented. Um, I guess uh, it's all choreographed and everything. But um, well, you have some big names who have come out. You've got The Rock. Right. You've got uh, Mickey Rourke in that movie. Did you see that movie? That was a great movie. Of course, that was yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a great, there's, there's great. supposedly a fabulous movie coming out about re- wrestling um, with uh, with Zach. Um, he looks so ripped. It's crazy. oh yeah, Efron. Zach Efron. It's people. He is it's ripped. Be yeah, that's right. Fabulous. I saw a yeah. picture of him. How come uh, I try? You, 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 try, no, you try. Nothing happens. <laughs> nothing like that. Ha- Although Joe, we I, sit in a chair for three hours a day for our job. No, I have jobs, seen. In the gym for you know three what? I could hours. I could fit, go right into this role when people get really fat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can that. I think give me a couple months. The whale. Yeah. No, give me a couple of months. <laughs> Wait, there, there there are the actors who take on that role and who will put no, on like sixty seven pounds. And more. the actor, Russell Crowe has done you remember, that. Remember uh, Matthew McConaughey? That's gonna be awesome. Dallas, I mean, oh yeah, he, yeah, he really lost really, it. Right. It's amazing what they do. Next on Squawk Pod, as the GOP dust settles in the House of Representatives, we're talking to a Republican outside the drama, New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu, on where the party goes from here and whether he'll be taking on any higher offices anytime soon. It's not about what I want, it's about the freedoms I'm I'm giving. And that's what I think where we, we miss it sometimes as Republicans. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. 
Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market side in Times Square. I'm Andrew Sorkin along with Becky Quick and Joe Kernan. We're going to talk a little New Hampshire and maybe the rest of the country as well. Now for a look at the state of the economy, the battle against inflation at the state level, and much more. I want to welcome Governor Chris Sununu of New Hampshire, who was recently inaugurated for a record fourth term as governor. And you teased, Joseph. That you, are you going to ask him the big question? No, I thought I, thought that, I, I we, read that there were some, uh, some moves that, that seemed to indicate that you might have an interest in, in higher office. And running for president? Yeah. No, people are talking about it, and I'm, we're having conversations. But we, look, I, I, who's we, that the royal we? What the fuck we? Who does that mean? We. Me and my people. Because yeah. we just talked about it, look, so that I, means uh, we? America wants somebody that can get something done, a good bipartisan ticket. I'm thinking Sununu Sorkin, 24. Wow. What do you think? Right? If you want to go far right, far right yeah. far left saving that's billions that's with idea. billions that's an right idea that's to, get to get the whole to get the whole portfolio covered or we do the two mit guys right we do mit what are you like a biology molecular, guy right yeah molecular biology from from mit uh, what did i tell you if i was going to do it what did i tell you you want money no oh, no, <laughs> no that goes without saying obviously uh my son's not quite old enough to really get into those lucrative businesses but um uh, no uh, <laughs> i want to be vice president Tell me to do the border. I'm like, well, you know, there are yeah. underlying. I, I, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. If you're I can't vice speak for the yeah. current administration. I can tell you, Vice President Pence did a lot of work as he vice did. president. He, he, did. he pulled a lot of uh, a lot of successes well, over the line. Let for me ask you a question. What? What? Let's talk economy. Yeah. State of New Hampshire. But try, if you could, you know, broaden it out in terms of. I'm actually very curious what you think you would do in the in, in the sort of larger country about. What's going on in our economy right now, given the inflation story? Well, look, I'm and also given yeah. the tax piece of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, look, I, I'm a fiscal hawk, right? And I do believe that whether you're talking about inflation, whether you're talking about good government, the responsibility of spending other people's money, folks in Washington don't seem to have a good grasp of that. Uh, you got to absolutely start controlling spending. Um, what we saw with this latest $1.7 trillion bill is is a boondoggle. All those earmarks, it's just political graft, right, to get a, a, a base bill passed. And I think you got you got to stop all that. The Inflation Reduction Act, and we can call it the Inflation causation act whatever you want to whatever label you want to hit there's just so much money out there now obviously you see the quantitative tightening happening right. and the things that have to happen to bring it back in but get stuff done and leadership can do that even out of the white house they can drive success in congress get them do the irs side of things so you want to cut spending but you, you no, no republicans want to raise any see i'm devil's advocate thank you obviously thank but you. so you, you're, you're going to close some of the loopholes hire some agents because they've been, the irs has been i can't even say it i don't think the but let me try the irs has been underfunded for years all these millionaires are not paying their taxes why not why are the republicans dead set against having uh, you, you don't know, need more irs trust, agents you need to trust, simplify trust tax but verify code. trust but verify simplify the tax code yeah, and but, you don't need the, the but that's not going to happen that you also yeah. have lots of people who have gotten caught up with trouble who are just average americans who yeah. can't get somebody at the irs to call them back you've got the faa shut Horrible down today because sense. we have not put enough funding into yeah. putting these very important systems to make sure the planes can stay in the air there yeah. are certain things the government needs so to when do. the infrastructure like look let's look at the infrastructure act that came out the trillions that that, right. that went out that's exactly where the, if you're going to put money and put it in systems invest in long-term systems in a modern technology and in a modern business but economy prepared, that doesn't require all the workers but would you be prepared to to invest in the irs the systems behind the irs well you, first you start by massively simplifying the tax code 
Everybody wants that. Every American wants that. Even businesses want that, right? And I know the lawyers and the IRS, IRS agents don't like that. But if you simplify that tax code, you you don't need the do you, do you know. You do the chips. I can imagine your taxes, Joe. Governor, like this. But Governor I, uh, let's just talk about that. Simplifying the tax code seems great. We've never been able to get to that point. And by the way, we, the reason we can't is there are so many special interests that are caught up yeah. in it. You have yeah. real estate that gets caught up. You have charitable donations that get caught mm. up. Do you say no to all those things? And if we wait yeah. to invest in the systems until right. after that happens, it's like waiting for Godot. You sound like, I have to be honest, you sound like all those senators that were, when they were trying to convince me to run for the U.S. Senate, and I said, why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? It was excuse after excuse after excuse. I, are there special interests? Yes. Does that mean you can't get something done? Of course not. I have special interests in New Hampshire, and we get everything done I, that we I'd want be, to I'd do. be with yeah. you. If you could cut out every single special interest, yeah. I'd be totally well, in favor of that. But everybody has their own. Okay, so you just said You it, give a little to get out. a lot. It's called negotiation. So what are you giving? What? What are you giving? What do they want? I mean, really, you, you can give a little to get a lot. It's just like I deal with at the state level as governor. I have special interests that want this, that want this, but I still got school choice done. I still got, um, you know, the most innovative paid family leave program done. We're still the most fiscally did, responsible did like state the in the country. Act? Did you like the CHIPS Act? Um, I don't mind the CHIPS spending. I think it had a lot of other stuff in it. But right. yeah, I would have voted for the no, CHIPS no, but Act, The yes. complicated part is, okay, so the real estate industry, 1031, right? Yep. Exchanges. Did you get rid of that? What do you, what do, you do with death? Right? A state tax. Or, or, or you don't need a state tax. You don't need a state I'm, tax. I'm living proof of it. You, okay. had, you had carried interest was going to get taken care of. Then a Democrat. Yeah. Mess that look, you can't even get Democrats. Let's just look at the New Hampshire model. I have, I have no sales tax. I have no income tax. I just got rid of my interest in dividends tax. I have no estate tax. I have no death tax. And we, we, are, we have the most efficient government in the country. So Wait, I'm just going that, to tell you, we that. are a great model for how to do it. You bring a lot of the decision-making local. We've got we're gotten too used oh. to the federal government making all right. the decisions up here. Let states decide. Let localities decide. And you, don't and you think, create a much efficient system. New Hampshire is a, a unique state insofar as its <laughs> size. No, no. Yeah. Insofar as its size, uh, its per capita, just in the number of people. I mean, it's just a, yeah. if I told you to do what you're doing in New Hampshire to in this city. Yeah. yeah. It would be much harder. You don't think? I mean, of course it would be harder, but it's possible. So, yes, I'm asking folks to, to take a bigger leap, to work a little harder, to create more efficient systems and get out of their traditional thinking. Because if we just keep thinking the same way, we're just going to keep having the same discussion uh, uh, of can national special interests. one data point at you? Minimum wage. I, I got the lowest minimum wage in the country, yet I'm ranked as some of the highest per capita income. So explain that. Because I have the lowest poverty rate in the country by far. My poverty rate is 20% lower than the next closest state. Because we get, out, we get government out of the way. We let businesses do what they want to do. We let a free market ensue and wages It would be better if no one was on the minimum wage. I, I appreciate that. But, but your, your minimum wage remains, if I, if I see it right, tied to the uh, federal rate, yeah. which is stuck still at $7.25. You're saying that's good? Yes. Uh, if, look, what's what's the issue of minimum wage? You want a low po you're dealing with poverty. Right. But I have the lowest poverty rate in the country by far. So this idea that if you raise minimum wage, we're going to help uh, the you know bring people out of poverty is a complete fallacy. And I'm living proof. And so you think, for example, but more broadly around the rest of the country, you would not then raise the minimum wage. No, you let states decide. You, states can figure that out. But I'm telling you, if you let a free market reign, virtually nobody in New Hampshire makes minimum wage, right? Everybody makes much more because. Businesses want to be there. Everyone's fighting for the workers. 
wages naturally go up and, and they're sustainable. I mean, we're the only state in New England that is actually growing in population, right? We have the far and away the strongest economy. I mean, economy, I could probably so get you to agree that the model's there. Wage price controls are like the worst idea I, in the world. Yeah. By the way, I that's don't a wage control. I don't yeah. disagree with you. Okay, so that but how, can we, how can we acknowledge that wage price controls don't work, but we can't seem to understand it because you, it makes you feel virtuous, I think. It's very, it's very political. It yeah. really is. So, look, I'm not saying it's an overnight fix for a lot of these other states and localities, but there is a model for the rest of the country to start looking at. And the key to all of your, your first question is you get a lot of the decision-making out of the federal government. We turn it back to states or cities or towns or school boards, right? My job is, as governor is to know the limits of my power, and that means allowing localities and schools and parents to make most of the decisions at their level. How old are you, Chris? 48. Thank you for reminding me. No. <laughs> what is that about? Because <laughs> we've got to pass the baton. No more boomers. Yeah. No more boomer presidents. Well, all right? I, we got to pass the baton. I'm not going to say no to that, but I'm going to tell you, I do think from, as a Republican, my party is missing a huge opportunity to speak to the next generation. And, and I spend a lot of time doing that across the country. We, we tend to talk in this echo chamber politically, but we need to reach beyond that to influence others to join the team, right? We got a great team on the Republican side, right? And so I want to get out there and say, hey, look, look at all these opportunities we're creating. Not because government says so. I'm voting right. the government, and I'll tell you, it ain't about me. It ain't about us. It's about you as an individual. And young people want to be empowered by that, but we're missing the opportunity to sell that message. Uh, how do you like Governor DeSantis? Uh, Ron's good. Ron's yeah. good. We're very different in our styles, right? Uh -huh. uh, I think he handled the, the uh, uh, hurricane incredibly well, and I give him a lot How of How about COVID? Um, I, we were very similar in COVID. Uh, look, we were, we're ranked by Cato Institute, the most free state in COVID, the most personal freedoms, uh, as, and also one of the safest states. He's number two. I remind right. him of that all the time. We were number one. So um, it's not about ignoring the pandemic. Right. We didn't do that. But I, I got we one for you, which relates, it relates to all of this, and I think relates to business, which is that one of the things we've seen over the last year, for, for, let, let me go backwards. For many years, a lot of blue states used their treasuries um, politically to influence yeah. business, right? And red states historically said, that's terrible. We can't do that. We would never do that because we're, we're uh, supporters of the free market. Yeah. In the last year, what you've seen is actually a bit of a, uh, a shift on that, a reversal, um, arguing against sort of an anti-woke approach to what yeah. some people have seen as business is going too far. Do you agree? No, you're, you're, you've hit it right on the head. I do not believe in big government authoritarianism, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. And you're absolutely right. We see it on both sides of the aisle. I'm, I disagree with what a private business does. But I'm the, I'm the government. I'm not going to tell a private business how to run themselves or what they want out of their employees or any of that. I might agree with what a school does. But in New Hampshire, at least, the parents already have all the say in the, in, you know, we talk about parents matter, which is a very important thing that Governor Yunkin, who's a great governor, uh, uh, brought forward. We've been doing it for 200 years. Parents, localities, they always have had the first decision in terms of right. the quality of education, what's happening in schools. It's not about what I want. It's about the freedoms I'm, I'm giving. And that's what I think where we, right. we miss it sometimes as Republicans. Governor Sununu. What do you say, 24? You in? We, we might have to do this. <laughs> we might have to do this. It what? would be fun. I will tell you that. Whatever happens, I, I always make sure it's fun. I, and yeah. What do you think about this ticket? Mm. You're, you're worried. Yeah. I mean, you guys are going to have to battle it out for, uh, for the VP, for the VP. Spot, it sounds like. <laughs> you know what? It's meaningless. <laughs> really. You or me. I mean, right? 
Does it matter? Uh, Governor, thank you. This thank has you been for coming in. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. You really thank you guys. Thank you. Much better in studio. Much better because I can Much respond better. to the witty banter. You can. <laughs> totally. <laughs> that if delay, there, that remote delay is right, no good. Okay. Is we got to get uh, up there and, and get some maple syrup before the no, season's tell, out. Tell me about the taxes again. No what? We have no sales tax. We have no income tax. I just got rid of an interest in dividends tax. We have no inheritance tax. We have none of that. Yet and we, we are ranked as the most efficient government in the country. You need a campaign manager. <laughs> Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, layoffs, layoffs everywhere. Silicon Valley and Wall Street are trimming their workers. And employee consultant Jason Greer says the haircuts are only just the beginning. What we're seeing overall is a basic market recalibration where employers are saying we hired a bunch of people during COVID, we're laying people off. Now we're trying to see what's going to happen in the event there's a recession. We'll be right back. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. You're listening to Squawk Pod. Here's Becky Quick. This is Becky's mic. Straight up on Becky. The corporate downsizing that started in 2022 is continuing into this year. Coinbase, Amazon, and Salesforce adding their names to the list of tech companies laying off workers. On Wall Street, Goldman Sachs has reportedly started cutting about 3,200 jobs. McDonald's is likely planning layoffs as well, and Stitch Fix recently announced its plans to shrink its workforce. Joining us right now to talk about what this means for the labor market and wage inflation is Jason Greer. He is the founder and president of Greer Consulting. And Jason, what started as a Silicon Valley trend has definitely spread across the country. What are you seeing right now? I'm seeing layoffs. I'm seeing the impact that this is especially having on uh, white collar workers has been tremendous. You see the fact that job ads are way down for white collar workers. But on the other side, you see companies that are basically hoarding blue collar workers because they're wondering if there's going to be a surge in the economy. And if there is, how are we going to be prepared for it? I think what we're seeing overall is a basic market recalibration where employers are saying we hired a bunch of people during COVID. We're laying people off. Now we're trying to see what's going to happen in the event there's a recession. What does that mean from the overall wage inflation perspective? Is this a situation where it's terrible news if, if, if you're the one who gets laid off? Does this mean that the Fed is going to be getting towards its goal of, of, of tamping down inflation? Yeah, I think so. I think the Fed's definitely trying to meet their goal in terms of inflation. And I think it also means from the perspective of the employees who are being laid off or the employees who are scared about being laid off is the fact that it's coming. As tech sector goes, so goes the rest of the markets. And when tech starts laying off, when banks starts laying off, you're going to start to see that ripple effect in other industries. The difference between the white collar and the blue collar workers is pretty interesting. You, you think that trend Absolutely. will continue, that this, this is a situation where white collar workers were hired in bigger numbers. They were looking for more growth. But when the growth goes away, that's when those jobs go away, too. Definitely. White collar workers were hired in bulk. But at the same time, when you compare a white-collar worker to a blue-collar worker, you're really talking about salaries, you're talking about bonuses, benefits, and those kinds of things. From the perspective of employers, look, COVID taught employers a lot, just as it taught employees a lot in terms of what they can get from the market. And it also taught employers in terms of what they can get from the employees. And from the basic standpoint of a CEO or executive, will literally say, if I have five white-collar employees and I'm paying them X amount of money, 
but I realize I can get the same amount of work from three as opposed to five. Let's go ahead and downsize those two. Let's go ahead and reallocate that to possibly hiring more employees, getting be- you know more resources for our departments, whatever the case might be. So I think what we unfortunately see for white collar employees is that for the first time in a long time, they find that they are actually targets of a layoff and it looks like it's not going to stop. Blue collar workers, do they still have um, a little bit of umph when it comes to the negotiation table? Can they get more benefits? Can they get higher wages as a result of, of, of these companies making sure that they keep them around? Absolutely. They can get a little bit of a bump. Listen, we're not talking about, you know, thirty, fifty thousand dollar bump. We're talking about incremental changes, incremental monies from the standpoint that employers understand that if there's a boon in the economy in the economy, we need those employees in order to be in order to be able to fulfill the orders. I think on the other side of the fact is that there is not as many people returning to the labor market as we saw pre-COVID. In that case, we need these blue collar employees so that they can continue to drive our industry. Jason, what does this mean? Just the broader trend of this work from home, the flexibility that white collar workers have been, if that's where the layoffs are focused. Just this week, you had Bob Iger of Disney saying he wants his employees in the office at least four days a week. And some people looked at that and said, well, you know, that's pretty strict. If this is a situation where that's where the job cuts are going to be, is this a situation where five days a week is going to be the norm? Absolutely. Listen, here's what what I tell people. Whether you're remote, whether you're hybrid, the fact of the matter is that the market is moving back to how it was pre-COVID. When you have Bob Iger who comes out and says that we want to move to four days a week, part of the reason why he's doing that, there's a psychological play because he understands that four days sounds a heck of a lot better than five days. But four days is basically let's put our foot in the water. Let's feel how the water goes. Let's get people used to coming back working through traffic, getting their latte from Starbucks as they go into the office. Mm-hmm. And then six months from now, a year from now, you're going to see it go back to five days. Where the mouse goes, that's six. where the rest of the market goes. And right up exactly. to six. Dog exactly. <laughs> Jason, thank you. Hey, thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Right. And the great line, if, and if you don't show up on Saturday, don't even don't think about coming in here on Sunday. Sunday. Don't even, because you're not welcome. Thanks for listening to Squawk Pod for today. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. And this podcast, we bring you the best of the show, the interviews, conversations, and bad jokes every day. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.